Welcome, welcome to Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, a.k.a. Hot Take Mondo, and I am joined by Reese, a.k.a. Refer Reese. And today we are talking about the Chiefs win against the Cleveland Browns. Woo! Oh, feels so good. Reese, I am I am ready for a Bourbon Street steak at Applebee's on a date night. I don't know the uh. rest of the lyrics. I keep hearing that commercial. Reese, is this is this one of the best commercials to ever hit Dude, TV? I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think Cleveland right now feels like a Bourbon Street sh- a Bourbon Street steak with an Oreo shake and the whipped cream getting bougie going to Applebee's. It is date night. Oh my word! I hate that commercial so much. I really do. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, least favorite commercials that you've seen today. I know you already ranked them, so let's let, let's hear for the viewers out there. Number one, undisputed champion of worst commercial is Applebee's date night. Although props to Applebee's for like knowing their clientele and all the memes that get made on like middle class fancy on Instagram. So but like, in a also, way, like also like. Applebee's got this like handed to them, like Ben Neiman getting that fumble handed to them. Oh like, yeah, just like scrolling on Spotify and like, hey, there's an Applebee's song. We should totally uh, hire this guy to do our commercials. Absolutely. Number two worst commercial out there. Did I say it was the Gronkowski USAA commercial? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't think it was Gronkowski USAA. Number two was. Oh, I gotta go through the thread again. Uh, what would you say the number two worst commercial is up there today? I mean, we didn't see any jungle law. I saw no jungle law and oh, I was jungle super excited bad. to see jungle law, but unfortunately did not see that. So oh, I was not excited. I remember now it's the Patton Oswalt, like Caesars app where he's like, do oh, I have to yeah, go on the Caesars a- app to redeem my Caesars rewards? And it's like, <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, with- with with, with JB Smooth, always Sunny in Philadelphia really beat good. him to the punch like ten years ago, and they made that joke about like Dave and Buster's PowerPoints not being eligible anywhere, but Dave and Buster's. So it's so bad and it infuriates me to no degree. And then I think number three is num- the Gronk USA is pretty up there. I'm not gonna lie. I but, I actually really enjoyed the Gronk USA because it's always fun to make fun of Gronk. So that was a lot of fun for me. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's my commercial not that (laughs) one. All right, so today we are going to break down what happened during the game. I mean, every time that I watch a Chiefs game, it's like I'm watching a Pixar film. Like, you know everything is going to be okay, but of course Pixar has to tug with your heartstrings and, like, something has to happen to the main character and someone has to get injured or, like, something has to happen to the mom or the dad and then they always are okay and everything is heroic at the end. And I feel like every Chiefs game that I watch is, like, up is like Shrek one, two, three is like Toy Story one, two, three, four. I mean, Wait. it literally is a movie every single time, Reese. Dude, Shrek's not Pixar, though. It doesn't count. Yeah, I know. I That's know. A, it's not Pixar. It's an entirely different thing. It's like saying Anastasia is Disney. We all know it's not the case. <laughs> yeah, you remember Anastasia. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue on. I interrupted your groove. No, I was just saying like every time that we that we watch a Chiefs game, even though things look dire, everything is okay. And it's like Patrick Mahomes knows. He's like, okay, let me let me just try something. Let me let, let me just try to throw the ball without trying to run the ball. Or like or like Andy Reid is like, let me let me try to do X, Y, and Z. And then in the halftime, he's like, ah, forget it. Let me just let me just pass it to Kelsey. Let me just pass it to Hill. And then everything's okay. Don't you feel that way sometimes when you watch a Chiefs game? 
Well, I mean, absolutely. The Tampa Bay Super Bowl last year, notwithstanding. But like I said, Kansas City always has the capacity to quick strike store, quick strike score and come back on you the way they did today. But in the Super Bowl, it was just impossible because there was no offensive line to give Patrick Mahomes any time whatsoever. And they were so far behind, especially against someone like Tom Brady. You know, you couldn't have the luxury of reestablishing the run to start the second half the way they did today with Clyde Edwards Alaire. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's amazing what we have now and how much time Patrick Mahomes has in the pocket. Or even if he doesn't want to be in the pocket, he just looks so much better when he's rolling left to right or even up to down in the way that he's able to collapse. Like when the pocket collapses, he still looks so much more calm than he did last year. Although we saw some remors today, which was weird. Anyway, we're going to break down everything from start to finish. But before we do that, we haven't done a live stream in a while, Reese. So for those that haven't seen us since our last live stream, can you tell them what we've been doing in between? Like that we're on Spotify, that this is our 71st episode, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe about our social media, perhaps. Oh my gosh. I have so many things to share guys. So first off, if you like what you see, or if you hate what you see and you want to let us know, go to Instagram. We're ready. Instagram at Fountain City SM. You can find us on Twitter, technically at Fountain City SM. And also, if you're seeing us on Facebook, I don't need to tell you where to find us on Facebook. If you really, really like what you hear or you want to buy in to get us off the air, check out our Patreon at patreon.com backslash FCSM. We'll find exclusive bonus material, including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Excellent. Excellent. Good. Okay. So why don't we break down what happened today? Reese, you chime in. If you have any stats, you can also see we have our ticker below. Uh, Reese, can you explain the ticker too? Uh, the ticker just says what we already know. You know, I mean, very important things like, as you can see, stonks through the roof right now. That's great. It also has fantastic stats about the game, including Patrick Mahomes numbers, you know, highlight plays of the games and things going on around the AFC West. Cause that's what we really care about. Mention to them who Clyde and Prejudice is. Oh, Clyde and Prejudice is our unstoppable, unbeatable. Oh, I take this back. They're not unstoppable, not unbeatable Fountain Fantasy League football team. Yeah, we're getting we're getting stomped pretty bad right now. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we we have a Fountain City Sports Media Fantasy League that we have from viewers that have been with us since day one or have been with us for a very very long time. So now we have a lot of great friends in it. Maybe we'll talk about it a little later. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about this Chiefs game. Okay, so going into the game, Reese, we had a few injuries mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't great and some not injuries. So we're hoping that um, the Honey Badger is okay. So Honey Badger was on the field if if he was in covid protocol why would he be on the field still what what happened there uh you know that's a million dollar question maybe he was still feeling covid to a degree to the point that like he was over it and tested negative twice but they didn't want to send him out there because i mean there have been times that you know i'm testing clear of the flu but it's like the first day in 10 days where I haven't been fighting it. So I'm just like, I don't feel like walking to more than the mailbox today, which I'm sure, you know, Tyron Matthew said in his own way. But that's that's the only reason I can think of. Did you hear any reason as to why he wasn't playing? No, I didn't see anything. I'll have to look up right now on Twitter to see if I see anything else. But that was curious for me because we knew it was COVID protocol for a long time. And there is nothing in the NFL COVID protocol that says if you then test negative and don't have any symptoms or you have symptoms, you are allowed to be next to the players. So obviously the safety risk 
had to be gone, right? Because there's no way that he would have been allowed on the sidelines. So yeah, it must have been maybe he just wasn't in game shape at that point, mm-hmm. um, which also tells me that they were not afraid of the Cleveland Browns. Like maybe they already knew that Odo Beckham Jr. was not going to be there and then it was going to be Jarvis Landry. And then we'll talk mm-hmm. about the other people that we saw today that we were not expecting to see on that Cleveland Browns offense to really show up. Um, but that kind of that kind of showed me that they weren't nervous, and that's why I wasn't too nervous during that first half. And we'll talk about the first half right now. But because we saw Tyron Matthew there, and like if they were really nervous about this game, he would have been in there because that's because that's Tyron Matthew. He's he's the leader of this team. No matter what percentage of health he is, if he is cleared to go, he would have gone. You you know, if I can be honest here. It's so funny how the dominoes kept adding up because it was announced over a week ago that Willie Gay Jr. is going to be put on the IR so we can get over a toe injury. So I'm like, okay, we lose Willie Gay Jr. And then it's talk about Tyron Matthew being in COVID protocol. So I'm like, okay, we can do a game without Tyron Matthew. And then Frank Clark pulls his hamstring in practice this week, so he's unable to play. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. Frank Clark, you know, is like a huge game changer. But suddenly, you're out three of your best players at each level of the defense. We lost our best safety and defensive quarterback in Tyron Matthew, our best coverage and athletic linebacker in Willie Gay Jr., and our second best defensive lineman and best run stopper in Frank Clark. And man right out the gate in that first drive we definitely felt that yeah absolutely and good segue into that so i can get into it um yes like you said like okay give me a even even for the whole game i want you to give me a grade for our d line because the running game we knew was going to be there for the Browns. And on the last podcast, I had made this awful prediction that I said we would hold the the Browns running backs to 80 yards total with zero <sighs> touchdowns. And I think they had three touchdowns total and just looked yeah. like they bulldozed every single one of those players on our D line. So give me an overall grade. Uh, I'm going to give I know the first quarter grade or the first half grade is an F. If, if it weren't for Chris Jones, I would give that defensive line grade a D because of the way Chris Jones played and really stepped up in the second half when he had to. I think I'm going to give the defensive line a C minus grade today, which I think is very fair. If I'm going to be honest, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's being generous. I would overall give a D plus because the I mean, it was a straight up F for the first half. Like there was no excuse. They had 153 yards. Uh, let me see how many touchdowns I forgot to look. They had four touchdowns on the ground, which is probably almost Whoa. all of them, right? Unless they had a uh, receiving well, might as well. Yeah, throw the- that was all of theirs. Baker Mayfield had zero touchdowns today, so they had four rushing touchdowns on us today. Unacceptable. That's an F. And then, of course, Chris Jones makes up for it in, in the fourth quarter. But other than that, I mean, things look really bad. And of course, there's no Frank Clark. But we've been talking this whole preseason about how deep this defensive line is and how we even had to cut Taco Charlton. We had to cut some other people to make room of this incredible defensive line, which was not seen today. And that is a big concern obviously we have the Ravens coming up and even though they don't have a lot of their rest in peace a lot of their running backs they still have the greatest running back in the NFL Lamar Jackson and I mean if you want to make matters worse in the running touchdown side of things that's probably not even counting Kareem Hunt's one yard two-point conversion run right which is essentially another touchdown run right in fact we couldn't stop we almost stopped him though we almost stopped him but 
Yeah, but oh well, it didn't happen. So so that so that first half, that first quarter showed us like we were in trouble already. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield hadn't even been throwing the ball then. They were like, okay, let's just do what we did last year when Patrick Mahomes was on the field and see if it works. And it did work, unfortunately. <laughs> then that second drive kind of helped us out. It kind of gave us a spark because their boy Ronnie Harrison almost stomps on CEH, and then oh after gosh. almost stomping on CEH, then shoves our running backs coach greg lewis when's the last well, time you saw a player shove a coach well you know what's really ironic uh let's not forget the fact that the way he did stomp our player was the exact same way kareem hunt stomped that person in the video it wasn't like a crushing stomp it was like he was walking away and just gave like a foot tap to knock him over again i'm like don't you guys learn? So first off, I find it very poetic that that's the reason that he got kicked out of the game when it's the same reason Cream Hunt got kicked off the team. But the fact that he like throat punched our coach when the coach is kind of like get off him for doing that. And oh man, I'm getting super high right now. Let's hear it, Reese. That's why the people are here. Facebook, let's hear your comments. Let's hear some stuff because Reese is ready. He's giving me the snarl. He never gives me the snarl. So the fact that the officiating squad had all of that go on in front of them and their reaction was to call a personal foul on our assistant coach. That team should not be allowed to officiate a game until week six or later. That is, that is the absolute worst. I've used this analogy before and I'll go back to it. If I were still bartending behind the bar in the beer hall, that would be the equivalent of me handing a beer to a 19 year old without even carding them and being like, well, they looked young, but like, you know, they're probably 21, right? Like that's how wrong the, the, the officials got that. So the one thing I have to say to them is they did a good job for the rest of the game, staying out of it. Because you know that New York, and they did, immediately called in their ears and was like, you guys screwed that up. Fix that right now. This is an awful look. And they probably said, keep the hanky in your pocket for the rest of the game. Don't touch anything else. We're going to talk when this game's over. I mean, that's a pretty good point because after that point, we didn't really see a lot of ticky-tack fouls. I didn't see a lot of holding calls, nope. uh, which we normally see with the Chiefs. I mean, almost all the time we saw some offensive holding. Of course, our offensive line looks better this year, but still, we always have something that happens, uh, but we didn't see any of that. In fact, we saw a lot of Patrick Mahomes free plays, which is pretty oh, yeah. cool. So yep. uh, it kind of worked in our favor there. It also kind of helped us keep the juices alive because like I said, in the beginning of the game, I just don't think we had the fire yet, even though I mm-hmm. thought we did. Remember in, the, in our episode, episode last week i said the chiefs have a fire that is waiting to unleash but yep. like the d line was like was that worlds of fun oh I mean, absolutely it didn't, it didn't seem like they were on the field at all which is so disappointing uh and we can talk about that later but yes correct that kind of helped us in our favor and then in the second drive things get a little worse for us so like i said the Browns established the run. And unfortunately, when you establish the run, that means that people like Anthony Schwartz will will come out of nowhere. I didn't know Anthony Schwartz was a real person until today. So in that third drive, there was a 44 yard catch that he made wide open, Mm. wide open again. We haven't really talked about the cornerbacks this year because we thought things would be changed. We thought Ward, Charvarius Ward was a changed man. Yeah, I don't think so. This is a blow. Anthony Schwartz just blows by Charvarius Ward, which is totally unacceptable and and then sets up Jarvis Landry for this like weird pitch off and Jarvis Landry 
not a big dude, looks like Derrick Henry on this touchdown run. Reese, how how furious were you on that back-to-back play? Anthony Schwartz, the nobody, and then Jarvis Landry pretending that he's Vita Vea. Well, the defensive lapses really go hand-in-hand, not just in this wide-open, blown coverage play, but in the way that the Browns really got the upper hand in the run game today. And this is where it comes back to the fact that we really really miss Tyron Matthew playing safety out there. People were saying this looks like the 2018 defense again today because they can't make a stop. Well, they can't make a stop because everyone's out of place on coverage, both in the secondary and in recognizing the run because Tyron Matthew's not out there calling out audibles and coverage switches and all that stuff. It was painful without him in the game. And to make matters even worse, the fact that we lost Hitchens at the end of the second half, who plays our Mike linebacker, it was just like, we have nobody out there that can identify anything. We are playing blind right now. Yeah. And then at that point, so after all that happens, then another thing that really fires up Reese happens. Patrick Mahomes decides to dish his arms and decides to use his legs, which Reese, how nervous, like, like if you like rank the things that make Reese nervous, where does Patrick Mahomes running stack in your top 10? <laughs> uh, unnecessary runs. Definitely an eight or a nine. So I'm talking your uh, knee dislocating QB sneaks. I'm talking your designed goal line bootleg kind of runs. But when he gets open space and he gets time to kind of dance around, you know, make some dudes miss on jukes. We, we, we often undersell just how sturdy Patrick Mahomes is. I mean, he's not big Ben where he's like six, five and 240, but like, Patrick's got some muscle on his frame. He can take a hit. I don't want him taking hits, but he can take an open field tackle. I just don't want him getting destroyed from his blind side. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it was like the only thing that Patrick can do. And I think Pat knew that we needed to get points on the board because then if the Browns did score right after that and it was a field goal, I think he knew we would be in trouble or would have to be just an insane shootout for the rest of the game, which luckily we didn't really have to do. So anyway, so Patrick Mahomes then um, passed a Tyreek Hill for a few possessions and then he runs it in and then it's 15-10 Browns. Mm-hmm. Then just when we just when we think that we've gained some ground, Reese, then we see Nick Chubb basically have a a golden road, golden road ahead. No one in front of him. I don't know where the linebackers are. I don't know where our defensive line is. I don't know where Sorensen is, but literally mm-hmm. just goes in for a touchdown. And now we're down two scores. Yeah, that was uh, that was really backbreaking to go down 22 10 at the half. At that point, I'm like, we have to be able to get this within, you know, 10 points. I We need to be able to put a touchdown on the board, get a stop, and then get a field goal because I did not like the chances of us being able to score a touchdown, get a stop, and then get another touchdown on these guys. Just the way the defense was handling that rush. It was awful. It was giving me heart attacks yeah. all game. And, and you know, at, at that point, I will be honest as a Chiefs fan. I said, you know what? If they score again and it, it becomes it becomes 29-10, just forget it. Like, don't even don't even try to come back at that point, because I know that we will be yep. fine as a team, especially with Honey Badger back with Willie Gay back. Even though Nick Bowen looked great, like from from quarter one to quarter four, we still need people like Willie Gay. We still need a healthy Tyron Matthew. Of course, we need a healthy Tyron Matthew. Um, so at that point, I said, forget it. I said, you know what? If 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 the Browns score another uh, another touchdown, let's just let's just phone it in. If we mm-hmm. lose the first game, I'm not worried. Like whatever, national media is going to be worried, but I don't care about national media until I do care about national media. Reese, 
Skip Bayless said the following at halftime. Oh, lay, lay it on me. I've said all offseason on Undisputed that Roethlisberger's Steelers will push Cleveland for the division title. They just upset Buffalo at Buffalo. Ben was Brady-esque. Look out. Now, of course, this tweet is more centered on the Steelers and how they beat the Bills. Uh, sorry about that, Buffalo. Mike, I hope you're watching. Go ahead and give us a shout-out on Instagram. Um, but... That was also a, a jab at us that happened directly at halftime. And of course, we don't like clickbait unless it's that show on Netflix. I actually do like that show on Netflix. It is very engaging if you haven't seen it. Um, but that's Skip Bayless telling us for forget the Chiefs. It's Brown Steelers season, which is which is the coldest take you can have because national media will just look at the score. But Reese and I, our panic level was... I mean, my pen, like I said, for the game, it, it was maybe an eight or nine, but I didn't really care at that point. But for mm-hmm. the season, it's a zero. It's a zero because our offense was actually still okay for that first half. I mean, what what blunders did you see offensively in the first half? That that soft, toony uh, hold that called back that first down that would have set us up for an easy walk-in touchdown. I mean, otherwise, it was just a case of, you know, they had more drives than we did. We're putting up touchdowns to our touchdown and a field goal. But... You know, it's, that's that's kind of what I saw. We were having trouble stopping the run, which, like I said, was obviously the fact that we had lost our best run defender, our best linebacker. We had nobody calling some of these. Like, they, they called a reverse that had so much space. I think it was in the first quarter. And it was just like Baker Mayfield had time to run out and set a block. There was that much open field. I'm like, that doesn't happen if Tyron Matthews there. You know, that doesn't happen if Willie yeah. Gay's there pointing, pointing it out or immediately pin missile into the guy. It was just, I felt like it was going to be that way all game because I, I didn't see how the defense could turn it around. But little did I know the defense would find a few ways to turn it around. So fie on me. There you go. I know because at that point, there was zero QB hits. Zero QB hits on Baker. And I'm not talking yep. sacks. I'm just talking touching Baker Mayfield there was zero and then at that point I don't know how many times CH ran the ball it had to have been in within f- yeah no maybe five carries at yeah. the most at the most it was four or three carries so at that point I said Reese we need to figure out a way to get CH the ball and of course Andy Reid has a camera in my house they were watching me text you in halftime, and they said, let's do what this guy says. Found City yep. Sports Media. That's right. Donate on Patreon forward slash FCSM. Yeah, that's right. We need to follow this guy at handle at Found City SM. But it was amazing. It was amazing because when that second half happened, it was a Pixar film, Reese. Pixar film. We 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 go from the from the attack of the monster mm-hmm. to then us destroying the monster to the happy ending. So well, there we go. Third quarter. Go ahead, Reese. Well, like, like you said, the fact they came out shooting with Clyde Edwards-Alaire in that second half was the real game changer. It's a huge gambit because if they decided they wanted to go out there, eat a bunch of clock and score a touchdown, but they only come up with three, so it's still 22-13, that is a huge loss if that happens because Cleveland showed no signs of stopping. Even if they make it 25-13 at that point, again, that's a two-touchdown difference that we couldn't come back from, and I didn't see any way we are going to stop them. So, great job on Andy Reid slowing the game down and not hitting the panic button the way we did in the Super Bowl against the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, we, we just got a comment from, from our boy, Sam Hawley. Sam Hawley says, could have done without the Mahomes Hill connection this week for fantasy purposes, but congrats on the win, fellas. So Wait, Sam Hawley, why don't you talk about Sam Hawley real quick? And he's in our, uh, he's in our fantasy league. 
Sam Holly, friend of the podcast, diehard Vikings fan, incredible football analyst. So happy to have him in the Fountain Fantasy League. My only guess is he's playing David this week, who has Mahomes and Hill. Yeah. Our our Philly correspondent, David, who uh, we actually have more Eagles players than he does on his fantasy team. But yeah, he drafted (laughs) Mahomes and Hill. He must have had 100 points. Well, alone from Hills and Mahomes. Well, I mean, what's that play right there? That, that's got to be like close to a 25 point play, right? A Mahomes Hill touchdown that that oh, long yeah, of a yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, because the one play he had a 75 yard touchdown, which then would be 12, six. That's yeah, that's almost a 20 point spread on one play, which is mm-hmm. which is pretty wild. So that's shout nasty. Out, shout out Sam. Oh, no. Now we have David Farrell's on here. I tortured myself watching Green Bay. So thanks for the recap, boys. Uh, hey. David is the person that we are playing this week and we are not doing well at all. Reese, no. why don't we talk about that and then we'll talk about the second half. It'll be a nice little segue. Take a quick break and talk about fa- found a fantasy update. Yeah, so far, uh, Armando really hit the gamble well with that Jalen Hurts pick, bringing in 28 and 0.76 points for us today. Uh, Austin Eckler coming back and getting within a point of his projection, but Ezekiel Elliott not showing up against the Buccaneers. Uh <laughs> Oh man, uh, it's where do we even begin? Raheem Mostert left the game. Brandon, I can never say his right name right. Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk. Man, zero points for us. Hawkinson was a monster. Tucker, Not only that, but Brandon Ayuk has zero targets for the game. Well. Dude, I, I don't even know what to say. It, it's why I hate the San Francisco 49ers so much because they're like, we have no depth chart here because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We're just going to deliver the ball to whoever we feel like. Hey, third string fullback, how would you like a 15-yard pass? It's like, why? That's and, in a and actually, for, for our fantasy team, this was actually the best-case scenario for us because Eckler actually played. We didn't even think he was going to play. So we have 92 points total, but we probably would have had whatever that is, minus 11. Uh, not a lot of points. over yeah. And over there, uh, David, you're probably still watching. David has 125 points right now. <laughs> he had 27 alone with Dak, 23 with Christian McCaffrey, who actually didn't have like the best of games, and he still had 23 points. Yep. He only had, he had under 100 rushing yards on the ground with zero touchdowns on the ground which is i mean literally the, that's why he is the best running back in fantasy football because oh, yeah. he can have a game like that and still have 23 points which is wild uh ag brown had almost 13 points pittsburgh d had 13 points and robbie anderson great flex by the way david oh yeah uh, 12.2 points and w- darren waller hasn't even played yet oh no <laughs> yeah, that can get real bad real quick so All yeah right. our team's not doing well but honestly i'm actually i'm actually not too nervous because because most are was out of the game. If he is healthy for week two, he is going to get a lot of that run because I forgot who had the most points of 49ers, but it was another like no name running back than no one. It wasn't even like Jermichael hasty. It was something that they had just like got from the waiver wire or the quota, like the equivalent of the NFL waiver wire. And he had like 15 fantasy points, which is hopeful for me because if Mostert does play, we will get those points for Mostert. Ayuk, I'm not so happy with, but since we have Devontae Smith, who was another nab that we got, he had 16 total points. We can just plug him into Ayuk and then hopefully sell. Maybe we can sell Ayuk. Maybe we can sell Ayuk. Maybe uh, maybe Oracle on 39th Street's not listening to this and we can try to give give it to him for somebody. <laughs> I trade Ayuk for Gronk straight up. <laughs> His team was actually supposed to do really well, and they're not doing so well. Where is really? the hell? I'm going to look really No, quick. he's yeah. got to be having a good week. Uh, he's not. He's losing. Really? 
Really? Yeah, he's losing to uh, who is that? To 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 JoJo Doom, right? Oh, you can't sleep on JoJo Doom though. JoJo Doom's a seasoned fantasy player. <laughs> yeah, so he's doing well. Uh, let's see. Hold on, I'm gonna look really quick at uh, at Philly David. Okay, so David got 33 points for Patrick Mahomes, and he got 31 points from Tyree Kill. He also had Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry had 17 points. So dang yeah. son, where'd he you find him? A total of 135 points. He's probably going to win this week. So congratulations, yeah, David. And for those of you that are listening that are not a part of this, uh, it is pretty fun. So uh, we, we would like for you to keep tabs on what's going on. So we are definitely going to be 0-1 while David will be 1-0 and and looks like his team is doing really well. So stay tuned. We'll, we'll always recap something from our fantasy team because it's, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Speaking about a lot of fun, Reese. Let's go ahead and finish off this game, and then you can review a beer for us. Um, Okay, so like I had said before we talked about fantasy football, finally Andy Reid uses CEH, who I think is going to be our breakout candidate of the year, and he has almost 70 points or 70 yards receiving and rushing today. Um, And finally, they utilize him, and of course, when you utilize him, then you have Travis Kelsey that's open in the slant. Then you have Tyreek Hill not double teamed, because when you just decide to to throw row and you do not run then you can put a cornerback you can put double team Tyreek Hill double team Travis Kelsey um, so finally they put some variance in the offense and they have the variance and have the tools it just took them a while to get there you know it really did I think Clyde Edwards alert really showed up when we need him to today he was always there to get an extra yard I will be interested to see what we wind up doing with him going forward. I mean, the season's still super young, so who knows what he winds up looking like. But I've said this to multiple people multiple times. I wish Clyde Edwards Hilaire were like two inches taller and about 10 pounds heavier because, oh man, he just has a lot of trouble breaking through contact. And it's just, it's just because he's small. It's, it's not his fault. He's super talented. He's just a little small. So I would almost like taking a page from like the Browns playbook and have like a thunder and lightning back sort of situation, you know, get a pretty legitimate pound it back and have them open up holes when they're trying to like stuff the run that Clyde Edwards Slayer can be like, guess what? This is my play now. So I'm going to find a way to kind of dance around you guys. He's the razzle. I'm the dazzle, but takes nothing away from Clyde Edwards Slayer having a great game and getting us back in the game today. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from, Reese, but I actually disagree with you. I think that even though CH is small, we didn't see him get like bulldozed. We actually saw him break a couple tackles in a couple instances. Um, and when there there are holes on the offensive line, he does run through him well and has a good burst. Um, and we, we didn't even see Daryl Williams today and we didn't see Jared McKinnon. Did Daryl Williams ever play? I don't think he even had a snap. Maybe he, he did, but he had like, I think legit, maybe one carry. It, it was interesting. Yeah. Like he came in all of a sudden, I'm like, are we just giving Clyde some air, but man, yeah, cool, whatever, which is, which is also another reason why I think Andy trusts him and Andy kind of sees him as this Brian Westbrook or Charkandrick. Cause, cause Charkandrick West was small too, right? He wasn't, he wasn't a big dude. Uh, yeah, but I think, he was a little bit bigger than Clyde. I think he was kind of like maybe Damian Williams size, so to say. Yeah. One of those kind of dudes, you know, but six of one. Yeah, I mean, I, I still am holding hot take Mondo. I'm still saying that CEH is the breakout candidate of the year. If Andy Reid implements him in the offense, not just quarter three and four, because we need to. 
but one, two, three, and four. Because as they saw today, when you implement them in the offense, then you are able to throw and you're able to throw extremely well to our stars. You know, that's a really good point. I think if anything, I think this game may have showed Andy and company that as much fun as it is just to get chunk plays with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, we have to get back to establishing the run. And I think it might take a little bit while of like time to build trust with this inexperienced three rookie offensive line. But I think it'll pay dividends down the road if we can come out saying we don't have to like play a Cowboys Buccaneers 59 attempts passing game. We can do a little bit more of kind of a, you know, peanut butter and jelly mixture of play calling if you catch my drift. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, we we can do that, and we've done that many a time for the past three years with Patrick Mahomes, but it's not fun. Like, it's, it's never yeah. fun trying to see Patrick Mahomes pull a rabbit out of the hat. It's yep. a lot more fun to see things like today where the Cleveland Browns show us who the Cleveland Browns are. One of my favorite memes reads from last year was the Jacksonville Jaguars when they went on like a two game winning streak. And then you had that Scooby Doo meme where it's like, let's see who you really are. So, of course, it's the, the yep. Jacksonville Jaguars. They, they pull the mask and it's still the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's what we saw today, Reese, from the Cleveland Browns. Yep. The Cleveland Browns are still the Cleveland Browns. Don't worry, Kansas City. Don't worry, Skip Bayless. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Uh, who, else, who else do we have to shout out today from national media? Uh, Everybody. Stephen Smith, of course. This was not the AFC Championship. The Cleveland Browns are still the Cleveland Browns. So going back to what I was saying, CEH is then involved in the offense, which then sets up that Kelsey touchdown to start the third quarter. We are then at 22-17. Immediately after that, Reese, we then have the Nick Chubb fumble, which yep. then resurrects the career of Ben Neiman, who is Reese's least favorite player. But of course, every year year he has one play that keeps him on this team reese tell us about this play because you you are so eloquent when you talk about ben neiman so first off shout out to ben neiman hawkeye <laughs> therefore technically friend of the podcast that being that's said that's true. where the buck that's oh where the buck goodness. stops ben neiman was a fantastic college <laughs> linebacker doesn't necessarily translate same thing goes for abdul hodge and other iowa grace you know it's not the end of the world he's a great nfl career made his money thank you ben Jay hawkinson too DJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Kittle, Dallas Clark. I can go on and on and on. But most importantly, what happened was finally Tony Romo and his Oracle self said, oh, no, I don't think that Chubb's going to fumble today because he's so good. And what happened like the very next play, Chubb was hit by Juan Thornhill, just cracked, causing a forced fumble, and Ben Neiman fell right on that ball. And to me, that was the exact pinpoint turning point of the game had they gone down Absolutely. the field and answered our touchdown and still kept it at a two touchdown sort of game i'm like we're just not going to come back we need a break and that was the break yeah the 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 only silver lining of not having tyron matthew is having juan thornhill have a more prominent role as what he was on the depth chart as safety number three which we don't like to see right now. And I had talked about that on the podcast last week. I said, look, this is just a formality. Like maybe he's just not at game speed yet. Maybe he is just still recovering from the injury. He's ready to go because we saw moments in the preseason. 
it's just safer to have Dirty Dan as number two. But with Tyron Matthew out, I don't know how much we would have seen Juan Thornhill in this game if it were not for Tyron being out. So this was a great confidence booster at the least. Again, I don't know what the deal is with Juan Thornhill because it looks like he's not injured anymore. So it could be a mental thing. It could be a, a anxiety pressure that he has to go back on the field um, and try to recover from this injury. But today he showed us right today. He tackled yeah. hard, made smart plays. Uh, we saw him bat a ball down towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter. A great game for Juan Thornhill. I'm so excited. And then when Honey Badger's back, hope Hopefully he beats Dirty Dan on the on the depth chart. Uh, but unfortunately, Reese, I think you're going to see a lot of Ben Neiman this year. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. One thing we can't lose sight on is that there were a lot of new slash backup players that really stepped up in their role today. Juan Thornhill being the obvious one you already mentioned. I think we can't understate how big of a game that Mike Hughes had at cornerback. He got burned a few times, but he was there. Ooh. And he never got blown up. You know, it's kind of like, ah, it would have been better if you had somebody kind of telling you what to do. You got a little lost there. But we also can't forget they started Nick Bolton today. That was really huge because how many mm-hmm. times was Nick Bolton there to meet Nick Chubb in the backfield? He didn't always win those one-on-ones. But for being a rookie, I think it was on plain display today why we used a second-round pick on that guy. He's a fantastic run stopper. I, that, that was a really good point because I didn't. Talk, I wasn't going to talk about oh, Nick Bolton. Oh, no. To lose Armando. Can you see me? Hello? I see you now. Sorry. Okay. Three, two, one. If you can't see me. Um, Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought up Nick Bolton because I wasn't actually going to bring him up. So I'm glad that you brought him up. Uh, You're right. The way that he tackles, we don't see Dirty Dan tackle like that. We don't see Ben Neiman tackle like that. We don't see Traverius Ward tackle like that. We Thank God we didn't see Rashad Fenton today. I don't think I saw any Rashad Fenton, which is which is Mm -hmm. a sign in the right. That that is a step in the right direction. If we don't see Rashad Fenton on the field, um, that means it's my Q season. It's Legarius need season. Um, hopefully it's not Trivarius Ward season for much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, great to see Bolton. Oh my goodness. Bolton and gay together. Oh, and linebackers. Goodness. Uh, and against the, re- I hope my, you know what? Hot take Mondo. Another prediction. Oh, and Willie gay start the Ravens game and they shut down Lamar Jackson's legs. Well, Lamar Jackson well, is forced. He is forced to throw the ball and Sammy Watkins still cannot produce that's the hottest take you've ever made because it literally can't no, happen because willie gay's on the ir and can't come back until week oh, four for six weeks uh, so if no, he IR does come back Dang against it. the ravens that will be the greatest comeback is, since lazarus is, rose from the dead my friend right there okay <laughs> yeah. never mind i i rescind that hot take and then i'll say just hitchens hitchens and and bolton i think that that is a great one-two punch in linebacker yeah. and then hopefully when when gay's back uh boy that is a scary linebacking core, and hopefully that makes up for the embarrassment of that defensive line. Absolutely mm-hmm. embarrassing today. Um, okay, and I hope they don't become the the new like cornerback joke that we always have with Rashad Fenton and and Traverius Ward. No, thank you. No, thank you. Okay. So let's sorry. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the fall of the Cleveland Browns. So we just touched on that fumble by Nick Chubb and the rest is history for us. Um, We then after that two drives later. So they unfortunately do make a touchdown with um, with Ninjoku, who is their tight end, who actually looked amazing today, who Mm -hmm. has not looked that way before. I mean, I've seen I used to be on my fantasy team like three or four years ago because he has the skill set 
he just never produces what his talent is like he has an incredible body shape for a tight end he's fast he's agile he looks like calvin johnson uh then scores the touchdown then we think we're in trouble but again the browns are the cleveland browns immediately after that the first play at back we then have sir tyreek hill and Mm. sir patrick mahomes connecting Mm. for a 75 yard touchdown total for the game tyreek has 197 yards with one touchdown so even if even if we take away that 75 yard touchdown he still goes over 100 100 yards receiving thank god for tyreek hill am i right you know, I, I got to give a shout out to Andrew Kelly, friend of the podcast. We got a game on here, but he said at this point, Tyree kills the best receiver in the world. And I don't think it's even close anymore. And I think, I think he's right. I think he's got the tracking skills of Hopkins. I think he is the fastest person in the league. Still. He's got fantastic hands. The only thing Hopkins has on him is probably like three or four inches. But at that point, it's yeah. like, I would not trade every other Tyree kill attribute for an extra four inches. Tyree kill is the greatest receiver in the NFL, whether people want to admit it or not. And I think one thing that goes unnoticed, too, is the chemistry that Mahomes has with Tyreek, because you can see Mahomes trying to do the same things that he does with Tyreek, with McCole Hardman, with Demarcus Russell. He puts it in places that he knows Tyreek will be and that Demarcus, even though he is his teammate and watches him all the time, still does not realize that Patrick Mahomes will not throw it right to you. He will throw it where he wants it to be. And it seems like McColl and and especially Demarcus Russell today, who who misses a touchdown, and this could have been a big blowout. But that is the biggest difference that people don't see is the chemistry between Tyreek and Pat. They know where each person is supposed to be, and Pat trusts him that he's going to be at a certain place. And then when he thinks McColl can do it, McColl's like, "Wait, why did you just throw that twenty yards ahead of me? Because yep. you're supposed to run. Because mm-hmm. you have the greatest wide receiver as your." teammate and he does this every day why don't you watch them well it's very true and that's one thing we can't forget about Patrick Mahomes first start against Denver in week 17 his rookie year was the fact that he had that uncanny connection with Albert Wilson and everyone's like well he's making Albert Wilson look like Antonio Brown it's like yeah Wilson can play but the big thing was you could tell they had chemistry now we wound up not being able to keep him which is super unfortunate because we would kill for an Albert oh, Wilson yeah. number two Albert receiver Wilson right Chris now. Conley. Oh man. Well, that's the biggest thing is that outside of Kelsey and Hill, like you said, no, none of our receivers really have connection or uh, chemistry with Patrick Mahomes. And part of it's because, and this is not a knock. I mean, I have no football IQ. I never played football, but it's like, you can just tell that someone like Hill, someone like Kelsey and to a degree, Albert Wilson have like a more natural football IQ instinct as to where they should go. It's like, I like people that I'm training on the floor that will find things to do when they've completed their task. I'm not sure anybody else in our receiving core knows what to do after they've completed their route and they're not open. Yeah, absolutely. And, and actually to your point, Albert Wilson is on the practice squad for the dolphins. Chris Conley might be on the practice squad for the Jags. Look, Mm -hmm. like if we had that talent, we can utilize it. People don't know how to utilize that talent because they don't have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. They don't have someone that can lead a team like him. There's only a few people in the league that can do that. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Tom Brady, who already has a trio of great players. And it was Aaron Rodgers till today. (laughs) 
Well, one thing I got to do here, I got, I'm sorry for the homerism here, but this is one reason why I would really like to see Patrick Mahomes and Dory's fountain on the field at the same time. Look, I know I'm a massive homer. He's a Northern Iowa Panther, but I think Dory's fountain has very high football instinct and IQ, even if he's not like the physically most huge. gifted receiver. Well, no, so it's he's like, huge. He's a big he, guy. He's a big guy. So it's like, you know, I would like to see him on the field just so people might be sleeping on him. And Pat's like, oh, wow, this guy's finding his way open. Here you go. Third and seven. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look at look at Dieter like Dieter probably couldn't even be on a division two college team right now. But uh, like Patrick Mahomes uh, made Dieter Dieter. So <laughs> dude, Dieter Dieter pumpkin eater, man. All right. Again, I, I don't want to make fun of our, our Kansas City Chiefs. We need to continue making fun of the Cleveland Browns. And for anybody listening yep. on the live pod, any of our Cleveland contingent here, go ahead and 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 uh, blast us on the comments. We would, we would love to answer any questions or uh, or debate you on anything that you want. Cleveland, because mm-hmm. I got a lot of Cleveland people on there, uh, which is fun. So anyway, oh, yeah. back to Cleveland. So we have that touchdown. Now it is twenty nine, twenty seven Browns. And then we have the immaculate punt fumble by Jamie Gillen Gillen. Oh, I don't you mean know. like bizarro Tommy Townsend dude he looked like the <laughs> like the Walmart version of t- you know what no he's that meme hey <laughs> can we get story. Tommy Townsend no we have Tommy Townsend at home Tommy Townsend at home <laughs> oh, oh no and then and then you see um LeBron James he he then LeBron James tweeted and I, I screenshot it hold on oh rip LeBron James goes man what Kick the ball still, man. Took off like he Tyreek Hill. Oh, 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 oh. oh that's that, rough. That made my day because I love LeBron James. Everyone knows that. And of course, LeBron James loves the Cleveland Browns, but then roasts our guy, Jamie Gillen today. Poor dude. I mean, I don't even know if he was supposed to be on the team. Um, yeah. Could have just been because like because they keep rotating kickers that keep rotating punters. I think Dustin Cole quit. Wasn't Dustin on the Browns for a hot second? No, nah, he was on the, the Steelers, Steelers for a cup of oh, coffee. Steelers. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe it's the Cole quit brother. I don't remember. It's probably maybe the Cole quit brother. Who knows? Colquitt brother yeah. was on there and now Colquitt brother got replaced by Jamie Gillen and Jamie Gillen will probably be released tomorrow. Shout out to our real Jamie Gillen, Jamie Gillen 7.0, AKA Tommy Townsend. Great punts today. I mean, he, yep. he really put it, put it where it needed to be. Chris Lehman's almost, almost gets that touchdown, which would have been pretty epic, but of course it, that didn't happen. But anyway, Tommy Townsend looks great. I know we had some concerns after the, the bucks game, but he's, he's back at it. He's back. at oh, it. Yeah. And then to end, and the Browns being the Browns, we then had the climactic Baker. May- we haven't even talked about Baker Mayfield. We had the climactic Baker Mayfield will be Baker Mayfield interception by our new guy. And hopefully our cornerback number two to Legereus need my cues. Yep. Uh, you know, it's it's really weird. Baker Mayfield did not play a bad game today. Baker Mayfield probably played one of his better yeah, games as a fine. pro. His accuracy was there. He was hitting his open receivers. I'll tell you what. I think Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr are very similar quarterbacks. Both of them have a good NFL caliber arm. Both of them, when they're in a rhythm, can hit their throws. But the second you start getting in their head and they start feeling the defense breathing down the back of their neck as increasing pressure comes drive after drive, 
that's when the floor falls out from out of them. Because it was like what you and I were talking about earlier today, saying all the quarterbacks that we saw really take a big step forward last year, we think they're going to take a step backwards this year just because the game's entirely different when you have 80,000 people behind you getting in your head and that you can call your audibles at the line of scrimmage and people can hear you and you can communicate. So once those things start crumbling around them, man, Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield are very two different quarterbacks at that point. Yeah, that's a really good point. And like, honestly, look, if, if I'm a quarterback in the NFL, I don't know if I would do the same thing, but I know at that point, situational football, I should just go down with the ball, right? It was still third down or it could have even been second down when the interception happened. Mm-hmm. They still had time, right? And oh, it, yeah. it was like, it was like Baker Mayfield thought that there was five seconds left on the clock and mm-hmm. it was fourth down. Like he did not have to make that throw. And that throw was, was definitely IQ level. Just super super low on that play yeah of course when when you're getting hit i mean what's the famous um muhammad ali quote you know you're 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 <laughs> super good in the practice room until you get punched in the mouth yeah and, that, and that's kind of what happened to baker mayfield right chris jones comes out you by the way chris jones thank you for being alive and being oh the my only goodness. person with a pulse on the defense absolutely um, so that was great to see him on defensive end i mean for him i mean that was a huge play for us to for him to sack baker uh, which then sets you up right because then baker's like oh wait i forgot chris jones is now on the defensive end that's the only thing thing that I'm looking forward to on this defense, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> well, and the thing we have to give props to to Baker was the fact that he had open throws. He had open guys. You know, he made the right yeah, reads. And there were a lot guys. of yeah. what, what killed us early was the fact that, you know, they were getting four or five yards per carry just right up the gut. However, they want just stop him in the secondary. Maybe we can force him to a three and out running it. But anytime we needed a break, suddenly there was a guy on a broken play in our secondary wide open that Baker's hitting for 25 yards down the field. So that's what made it the most difficult. And again, if Tyron Matthews there, those guys aren't sitting on their own island. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Reese, let's just go ahead and quickly, I want to recap what we saw in the sense of what we are looking forward to this season like things Mm -hmm. that we saw that um we think are going to be uh standards in the year whether it's good or bad so i could have explained that better but i'll i'll go first so things i'm looking forward to things i'm not looking forward to in this season from the kansas city chiefs things i'm looking forward to are the same things that i've always been looking forward to every single year being a chiefs fan patrick mahomes travis kelsey tyreek hill Right. Yep. Those are things that are staples. And I am hoping to add a fourth in that CEH CH. Like I said, in the beginning of the podcast, this is his breakout year. We need to implement him more. The offensive line looks great, right? I don't think Patrick Mahomes got sacked once. I believe uh, he got sacked more than once today. I think he got, oh, he was, sorry. he was getting hit a little bit to say the least. Okay. So, mm. uh, so not, not an a plus performance. We don't think that the Browns defensive line is elite. They're very good. A lot of talent, not elite. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. that doesn't make me so excited for a Ravens matchup who I think is elite regardless of what you say, Reese. Calais Campbell is Calais Campbell. Um, So we'll see what happens with our offensive line, but those are the four things that I am excited about. The 
we'll see how many things I'm not excited about. Things I'm not mm-hmm. excited about. The entire defensive line, even if Frank uh, Frank Clark comes back, I don't know if that fixes. That doesn't fix things, right? It, it and actually could screw up things chemistry-wise. Um, so I'm not looking forward to this defensive line. They didn't show me anything today. Chris Chris Jones showed me that he that he can be a playmaker, but this isn't the Aaron Donald Rams, right? We we need everyone to contribute on this defense. I didn't see a lot of surprise blitzes, what we saw last year. So so spags is another thing i'm not looking forward to this year some it was just kind of a very mediocre blitz package mediocre defense um and then lastly i'm i'm again not excited about our cornerbacks because we shouldn't blow 40 play 40 yard plays by ninjoku we -hmm. shouldn't blow 45 yard plays by anthony schwartz so when we actually play a good team that has very good wide receivers the cornerbacks again I'm not looking forward to. How about you, Reese? Let's see. What are you looking forward to and what are you not looking forward to based on this game? One thing I'm looking forward to is the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs seem to be better offensively than they were last year. They were There were times when they really went off last year, but if you could get them out of their rhythm, they didn't really find a way to put it back together. The fact that they were playing fine, but not great in the first half, reestablished the run coming out from behind and still came back and won. They showed multiple different assets to the offense this game. One thing I'm not looking forward to is kind of like you, which is the defense. Uh, I was a little bit hesitant to crown this defensive line. If you remember, we were talking about training camp where I said, I think it's a bunch of guys that we know what they can do, but by and large, they don't scare a whole bunch of people in the league. I think today we saw why I think we have a bunch of very average players throughout our defense that are held together by Tyron Matthew. So when he's not there, the whole pillow fort kind of starts to come apart at the seams. So to say now, To their credit, they bared down in the second half and they made the stops when they had to make the stops. But I don't want to get into a whole bunch of first one to 30 wins kind of games this year because that's just not good for my heart. (laughs) That's true. But we again, a win is a win. We still have this 17 and 0 mantra to to look forward to. And I think this really hyped the guys up and it, it could be a punch in the mouth that they needed. Right. This could be the kick that the that the defense needed to get. I don't know. Hopefully. Well, and one thing we can't forget about this game is the fact this this felt very similar to me by the time we finally put the trifecta win on the Baltimore Ravens. The Cleveland Browns are good. The Cleveland Browns are not as good as the Kansas City Chiefs outside of this game being in Cleveland. There wasn't anything else that could have had more to their advantage today, because like I said, out our best safety out our best linebacker, out our best run stopper in Arrowhead. You got a two touchdown go ahead lead. And all you had to do was play to your strength, which was run the ball continuously and run out the clock. And this game was in your hands and we still beat you playing your game. You will not get a better chance than that. So Cleveland is good. I would rather not play them again if we don't have to, but Cleveland is not as good as the Kansas city chiefs. And I'm really, I'm really excited today uh, because not only do we win, not only do we beat the Browns, but the Bills lose emphatically at home to the Steelers. I am not Sorry, worried Mike. about the Steelers either, and now I'm not worried about the Bills. Now I'm not worried about the Browns. I'm not really worried about the Ravens, uh, and this is actually unfortunate for the Ravens. I, I don't want to like, you know, um, kick them while they're down because yeah, four ACL injuries back to back for the running backs is is yeah. truly tragic, um, but. Who am I worried about now? 
Tampa Bay. No one. No one. 17 and 0, baby. We will see you, Tampa Bay. <laughs> Um, in LA because it's going to be at SoFi Stadium. Okay, Reese, I think that'll wrap up the Kansas City segment. Let's celebrate today. Let's celebrate this Kansas City win with a beer review. Oh man, with like the world's fastest beer review. Let's if yeah, let's do it. Do you have it right at hand? If not, I got I it right at hand, Chief stats. <laughs> Give me forty-five seconds. I'll be right back, baby. Read them stats. Okay. I actually have to look it up first. Uh, while I do that, let me just talk about our social media again. Thank you for those that are following on Facebook. If you want to ask us any questions, you can go ahead and write in the chat there and we'll respond to your questions. Um, I'm trying to look. Do we also have stuff? Um, oh, I have for my... I didn't see my dad posted. My dad said, please excuse the interruption, but what happened with the Trojans yesterday? <laughs> Love dad. Um what did happen to the USC Trojans? So for those of you who don't know, my dad is a Trojans alum, and unfortunately they lose 42-28 to 28 against Stanford. Oh, man. Um, I don't know, Dad, but that's that's not very good. That is not good for the USC Trojans. I don't think, that, I don't think USC's ranked, though, Dad. Um, and I know Stanford always has very good quarterbacks, so I would assume that would be the reason why. Uh, but we will we will keep track on the USC Trojans for you. Thank you, my dad. I think my mom's watching too. Hello, mom. Hello, dad. Thank you for for supporting the podcast. We appreciate it. Um, great. Okay, let me see if I have any other stats for you today. Oh man, yeah. So Nick Chubb, even though even though we beat him, Nick Chubb had 83 yards with two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt had 33 yards with one touchdown. Let's see what's another stat. How many yards Kareem Hunt have? Oh, actually, here's 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 a good one. Here's a good one. Obligatory reminder that the Chiefs are six and four, trailing by double digits with Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback since 2018. That's the best win percentage of any quarterback in that span. So yes, incredible. that is why Reese and I are never afraid when we are down by double digits because literally they are the only ones. They are the like the Kansas City Chiefs are the only ones that can come back. It's it's insane. You got to obliterate their O line so Patrick has no time to do anything. That's the only secret. Only secret. All right, Reese is back. We will end it with a beer review. Reese is going to review something. For those of you that um, are not familiar with our beer review, so yes, we are a Kansas City uh, sports pod, but we are also a craft beer pod. We've actually had some great people on, and we're very lucky to have some great friends in the industry, one being, of course, Reese. Uh, let's congratulate Reese. For those of you that don't know, Reese has been promoted at the Boulevard Beer Company. <laughs> Reese, tell us about your new position at Boulevard. Uh, I have worked my way from being a bartender at the beer hall to being the marketing and events coordinator for the tours and rec at Boulevard Brewing Company. And a quick shout out to Ripple Glass. For anyone listening from Ripple Glass, we just cleaned up 150 pounds of trash from Southwest Boulevard yesterday in a joint effort. Excellent. So very proud of everyone who did that. Thanks for coming out. And uh, if you're watching and you're in Kansas City, we're throwing a big party on Wednesday for our parent company, Duval Morcott. Be there, be square. And after that, we got some other yearly favorites coming right down the pipeline event wise. So stay tuned and stay thirsty. There we go. Thank you for your day of service, Reese. Uh, for those of you that uh, that know yesterday was a day of service because of uh, the remembrance of September 11th. Um, so thank you for doing your part, Reese. And yes, of course, we, we remember those that were lost on September 11th um, and all of their families are in our prayers. Okay. 
just wanted to say that because that is very, very, very important. Okay, Reese, to end it off, a celebratory beer, shall we? What are you going to be reviewing for us today? Well, it's very fitting reviewing this beer because I think we uh, had it together a couple weeks ago watching our first Chiefs game in a long time together. Uh, I have had sitting in my fridge staring me down all day a delicious India pale ale called Laser Snake from Three Floyds Brewing Company. Whoa, where'd you get that one from? I don't know. Some like super cool beer fairy must have dropped it off on his way back from uh, being in Glimmerglass all summer. I don't know who it could be. Yeah, so I uh, I picked that up at a store for Reese, and it, Reese and I had a fantastic time. He is an, an amazing host, him and his wife, Noel. Um, when I was driving back from Cooperstown, we had a great time and uh, gave him some beer. So good. I'm glad you're able to review that one because that is a really good beer from Three Floyds. Yep. Take it away, Reese. So we have a few categories here for those of you playing at home. Our first category that we review is aroma. Reese, tell us what the aroma on that beer is. All right. So you said it's a double. It's a double hazy. Did you say? Or uh, it is. It just says India Pale Ale. I so don't it's believe it's anything single. more than that. I'm right, glad yeah, my probably. dad's watching. My dad's watching. He said, "Cool beer review." Yes, IPA. My dad is also a big IPA fan. In fact, he had the um, when he had uh, what was it? The Main Brewing has a has a beer called Lunch Lunch IPA, which he had. Uh, I forgot when he had it, um, but that is a really good beer. Uh, so for those of you listening main brewing company lunch beer is actually great um cool glad glad you're watching dad all right reese what is the aroma on that ipa all right aroma on the ipa it is a very tropical smelling ipa get a lot of kiwi notes in there quite a bit of pineapple Maybe a touch of grapefruit, but not as much as you would get from like a West Coast IPA. It smells very delicious, very light and drinkable aroma. Also a very mild aroma. It's not too overwhelming. I'm going to give it starting off an eight straight eight on aroma. Wonderful. And nice, nice product placement with that with that Boulevard glass. It looks it looks great. Uh, (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Sponsored by just kidding. Although we would love to be sponsored Boulevard if you're watching. Um, anyway, let's continue. <laughs> appearance. So from here, the appearance looks great. Reese, tell us the appearance on that beer. Uh, it's beautifully hazy. I would say uh, it has a very mandarin orange color to it. It's got about an inch ahead that's retaining very well. Very pillowy yeah, on the top of it. Uh, a very dense bubble structure with a little bit of uh, a little bit of bigger bubbles kind of around the edge of the glass. Uh, too much foam to really test the lace right now, but it's a very attractive beer by and large. And I think uh, it's pointing right now like a setter. So I got to say, this is going to be an 8.9 on appearance. Yeah, I was going to say that that actually looks really good. And it looks pretty translucent, too. It doesn't look like there's a lot too much going on in there, right? It's not a hazy, does it? No, it, it's very hazy and that I can't see through, but there's not a lot of like crud and crap floating around at the bottom. You know, I'm not drinking a Heady Topper. Shout out the Heady Topper delicious beer. Shout out Heady Topper, one of the best beers. Shout out Buffalo Mike, who gave us Heady Topper, uh, which is from Vermont, which is from yes, Vermont. Sir. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, category three, we have the best category of all, flavor. All right. Is the is the grapefruit scent that you smelled on aroma? Is it match the taste or is it something else or multiple things? Man. 
That's very interesting. I'm going to have to have another sip of that because there's a flavor in there. I'm trying to identify it and it's a little bit tricky. Hold on. Take two. Uh. You know, I said Mandarin orange. I think I'm going to stick my guns. There's a lot of Mandarin orange flavor in there. I think that's what's very surprising is maybe some of the citrusy notes I was getting from the grapefruit was actually more of an orange note. Uh, you don't get as much of the tropical flavors in there. Maybe maybe some of the kiwis coming through. A little bit of hop dankness. Definitely get some bitterness on the sides of the tongue. Surprisingly so, the more I drink this. So it's a very mild flavor. It's not overwhelming. But like I said, a little bit of complexity in the fruit bouquet in there. So overall, I'm going to give that an 8.5 for flavor. Ooh, coming out the gate with eights. That's wonderful. I actually cheated mm -hmm. a little bit. I looked on Untapped and saw Laser Snake has special Bavarian hops. Oh, I don't know what, that I don't know what hop that is, but that's well, actually pretty cool. If, if they're getting hops from kind of that Western European region, they're going to be a little bit more like earthy and spice noted than they would yeah. be over in like the Southern hemisphere. You get your tropical hops, you know, the West coast, you get your dank piney resiny hops. So maybe that's where some of that action's coming from because there are some notes in this IPA that are kind of unique to IPAs, you know, not as fruity and crazy as you normally have. Yeah. I got to look up the hop list on there. I, I do. I do. It's good stuff. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So eights out the gate. Uh, our next category is mouthfeel. Mm, mouthfeel. Is it light? Is it dark? Is it both? Is it crispy? Medium bodied mouthfeel. That's about the same consistency as water. A little bit of carbonation in there to feel a little bit of bubbliness, but not a whole bunch going on. It's inoffensive. Uh, definitely drinkable i uh, nothing crazy nothing setting the world on fire but nothing bad like that uh goes i had last week so i'm just gonna say mouthfeel on this is probably let's just call it another straight eight straight eight all right excellent and then our penultimate category we have aftertaste what is the aftertaste on this beer does mm -hmm. it taste a little different than you know the aftertaste was definitely where the bitterness comes from in the hops. You know, you get that mandarin orange kind of uh, juicy fruitiness going down. You get more of the bitterness coming back up. Definitely get those earthy qualities. It really is interesting you said Bavarian hops because there is a lot of earthiness to this IPA considering, you know, it's kind of more of a modern hazy-ish IPA, which really aren't known for that. So aftertaste on that, again, you want your beer to be cyclical. You want it to make you want to take another sip after you have it. This makes me want to take another sip. Subsequently, I'm going to give this an 8.3 on aftertaste. Excellent. And to round it out, we have our ever-changing category. But basically, just how cool is this beer, right? How awesome is this beer? Or BDQ, or today, which will be called the Browns slash Baker Mayfield demolished quotient. Oh, Why is that for you today, Reese? I love it. Well, okay, so first off, that gets like a little bit of a bonus point, you know, in the, in the routine just because of that. But also, you know, Laser Snake, I got to give some credit here. It's great can art when we're yeah, in a let's, world. Let's there's, look at the can art, by the way. In a world where there's a lot of great can art, the fact that this is literally like a snake cool. with like 
a quadruple laser beam thing going on. It's got that like Jurassic Park, you know, frills and gills right there. Uh, the can font, very 1980s. You know, it's yeah, super cool. It's futuristic. That's this cool. is the kind of beer I'd want to get it up down. You know, if I was at up down, I'm like, I want a beer and play some pinball, play some Simpsons, play some skee ball. You know, this is that. And coming off of Brown's win today, coming off the fact that you gave me this beer and I'm feeling good about it, I'm going to say BDQ on this. We're going to give it an 8.8. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. So a lot of eights, maybe not on our Mount Crushmore. And for those of you that are playing at home, we have our Mecca beers. We have our, our the best beers that we've ever had. Uh, that is on, instead of Mount Rushmore, we have Mount Crushmore. Uh, one of which is Hetty Topper. Yep. Uh, let's see. What else do we have on there? Boulevard's uh, Double Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial oh, Stout. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bourbon Barrels. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, oh, I wish yeah. you do still have that in the shop, well, or that's not uh, in the gift that's, store anymore. That's Gonzo, but Reese has a few of those in his cellar, a.k.a. Ooh. the pantry. Next time, Reese. Sorry, you, mm-hmm. you uh, shouldn't have told me because next time I see you, hey, I'm, I'm coming for the pantry. Got to be good host, <laughs> my guests. What can I say? <laughs> great. Okay. Thank you, Reese, for that amazing beer review. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for some more content. We actually have a, might have a lot of content this week. Um, fingers crossed. We might have a special guest this week, which we are really f- crossing our fingers for, because this, uh, this could be a big moment in Fountain City Sports Media history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stay tuned for that. For those of you that are following us now on Facebook, don't forget, we are also on Spotify. We are on basically any podcast platform that you listen to. Um, we are on there. This is our 71st episode, Reese. That's amazing. Yep. We've done a lot of great stuff. Very proud of my co-host here, Reese, aka Referees. We've done a lot of great work, even though we are so far away from each other. So stage and everyone, follow us again on Instagram, a fountain fountain sm and then all or sorry fountain city sm and then also follow us on patreon if you want to subscribe and donate that is fcsm on patreon.com any last words reese i don't think so i think you said all that needs to be said my friend catch this episode on Podbean or wherever podcasts are found tomorrow once we get it cut and printed see you later and go chiefs go chiefs We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. Fountain City Sports Media.